Hello and welcome to the Authentic You podcast where your emotional and spiritual health matters. What's going on, guys? My name is Stacey Hockenberry. I am your podcast host and I have the lovely producer extraordinaire <laughs> Renee Mora with me. Say hello, Renee. Hello, Renee. Oh, wait, that's me. Okay. <laughs> Is there a button how that could you? go? Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Probably, but I don't know how to use it yet. <laughs> let me let me set this up right now because yeah. um, today it's just audio, mm-hmm. right? Um, we're sitting on a the infamous fake velvet green couch. Green couch. That's what we should have called this podcast: the green couch. the green couch. <gasps> oh, I like that a lot. I've got a uh, candle next to me with a hot cup of coffee. Got you sitting across from me. It smells good in here. It does. It smells a little marshmallowy. <laughs> Preparing for perfect fall. Perfect for fall. Yeah, perfect for fall. Yes, yes, yes. So um, today is our first session. So last week we had the pilot episode. Right. Or the pilot um, session. And today is our first session where we're going to go deep and dig into a specific topic. Do you want to introduce that topic? I do. Today we are talking about lying. Mm. Not too uncomfortable. Just kidding. Lying. Okay. Specifically, um, quitting lying. Yes. Okay. So we are in a series at Authentic Church. It's a three-week series. um, And the series is called I Quit. Yes. And so this past Sunday... Your girl preached. Killed it. It was so good. Um, Even though it was real uncomfortable for 98% of the time. <laughs> yeah. I think we have said that when I preach, I make people uncomfortable. Yes. Many times. Please visit the church. <laughs> I promise I hug too. Um, so I preached on lying. Right. And, and quitting that. Yes. Right. So we're going to. We're going to go deep. You have some questions for us. I do, but I wanted to point out first, like, since we're just getting started to clarify yes. that every session will not be linking back to a sermon yes. or a sermon series at Authentic Church. Actually, it's sort of the reverse. This <laughs> is our first official sermon series at the church that we've tagged as an Authentic You series. Yes. So just a little caveat there. Absolutely. It's going to be fun. Tune in. Yeah. Lean in. I say this often at Authentic You. If you just get your heart and mind into the position of, you know what, I'm whatever is said, if it's for me, let it be for me. Help it to kind of hit home. Um, not to make me feel any kind of shame, but so, man, we really can be free. Um, and a lot of us need to be freed from lying. Absolutely. So let's go. All right. Question. Well, why don't you give us a little bit of a background or, or just kind of set us up for this topic. Not everybody will have heard your sermon on Sunday. We don't want yes. to re-preach that there because no. you can go find that on YouTube. Yes. My authentic church. But you said that... Um, you talked about how honesty and integrity are non-negotiables in life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that there are real 
consequences that follow if we if we allow dishonesty uh, to creep into our into our lives. Yes, and the, and the whole point was not that you made the point that everybody has lied. If they say they haven't lied, there you go. You just got number one. <laughs> Congratulations. Right. But I think what a lot of people probably are not ready to admit is that there can be this daily pattern of lying that has crept into our lives and we're just not even aware of it anymore. Yeah. Um, you said the word consequences, which is a big, big thing. Most of us do not think of the consequences of things when we're doing it. Um, but I do want to, I do want to touch on the consequences of just deceit and not being aware of things. Um, and I taught, I touched on this briefly. And so let's dig into this now. Um, the consequences of that can affect you physically. And when I say physically, I, I, I'm serious. Headaches, nausea, uh, crabbiness, moodiness, like <laughs> it affects you, right? Yeah. Um, it affects your joints. Look it up, guys. Right. <laughs> like this, this is this thing. Um, your mental health, your spiritual health. So it, lying um, really is a root to um, a lot of things a lot of symptoms that we have, if we go back to the root of it, if we struggle with lying, if that's that's the thing, um, the root will be lying. And so to say that we're unaware um, is no longer an excuse. Um, we can't we can't make that excuse. This is something that I on a daily Renee say this, which sometimes I hate this prayer. When I wake up, I'm like, Lord, I need you to expose anything that's in me that I am unaware of because that's the thing that will take me out. Ooh, that's risky. And that's it, like praying for patience. Yes. Don't do <laughs> you, it. If you know you're getting tried. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So. Okay. So let's talk about kind of the, the lies we're not aware of. Right. Uh, Cause I think most people would say, you know, if I cheat on a test, if I, just flat out fabricate to cover my tracks about something. Okay. I'm aware that I'm doing that. What are some of the kind of lies that maybe we do for trying to spare somebody's feelings or, you know what I'm saying? Like what are some yeah. of the ways that we can have these lies operating in our life that, that we're really not even aware of? You know, um, at the end of the sermon, I did touch on some, lies that we tell ourselves. So I, I do want to, I do want to mm -hmm. hit that. Can we hit that? Yeah, please. Um, this is a real popular one. I'm fine. Yeah. Those are two words that are so damaging if you're not fine. Yes. I'm fine. Right. Um, my marriage is fine. No, it's fine. Yeah. And you said on Sunday, people saying, yeah, my marriage is good. We're good. Yeah, and re in real life, you're living like roommates, just sort of tolerating each yeah. other, coexisting in the yeah. same space. Yeah. I think it's easy to lie in your home with your family and your marriage because for whatever reason we think, oh, they're just going to stick around. Mm. Um, but the whole, yeah, my marriage is good. If, if you don't put the work into it and really allow yourself to um, be exposed to the things inside your marriage that that need to be dealt with. 
um, yeah, you're going to be good for a while, but it does not produce any good fruit. And your children see it, you know. Um, yeah, there were seasons in, in my marriage, we couldn't fool our kids. Like if we're upset with each other, or icy towards each other, and they, my oldest daughter, she's so, she just asks a thousand questions all the time, which I love. But she would say, are you guys okay? Yeah, we're good. Instead of like saying, actually, we're just having a moment where we're upset with each other. And we're dealing with that right now. You know? Right. Being truthful in just the little things. So that's, that's one thing. You know, no, I'm good. My marriage is good. I'm fine. Um, this was when we smile and appear friendly to someone but we're filled with anger or resentment towards them. Mm-hmm. Um, that I don't know about you, but that has happened a couple of times in my life. And it made me feel sick because I could smile and I could say, well, ha- praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Welcome to church. And I'm so angry at you. Yeah. And that reminds me of how we can kind of conflate and twist the word of God and still kind of end up looking good. Right. So we think manipulate ain't, ain't nobody fooled. <laughs> um, okay. So there's, you know, love your enemies. Mm-hmm. And I was taught with somebody is if you're mad at somebody, if somebody's doing something to you, if you're, you know, offended by somebody, kill them with kindness. Kill them with kindness is not the same thing as love your enemies. No. And the point of killing them with kindness, and I would even add in my home, we got my, of my family growing up, you got the extra layer of scripture on there, how it'll be like heaping burning coals on their head. Okay. Ultimately, the point was to make yourself look good, avoid conflict and conflict and make them feel like dirt. Yeah. There's no love there. No, there's no love there. There's no love there at all. There is no love there. That is manipulation at its finest. And avoidance. And avoidance. And you're lying to yourself, man. Mm-hmm. When the couple of times where I had some um, pretty intense conflict with someone, and it was in the church, a woman in the church, um, I had to confront her but I had to prepare myself first and ask the Lord to humble me that this wasn't about me trying to get back at her or manipulate her or try to make her feel the way I felt in that moment, right? But it was me approaching her the way scripture tells me to, and it's going to them, sharing my offense, my pain, my hurt in love, this bothered me about you. I felt like you you did this to me. Can we talk about this? Mm-hmm. One of the people I had to talk to about this did not want to talk to me about it. As a matter of fact, she rolled up the window in my face Whoa. when I had to confront her. And I had to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And so the loving my enemies started when the window rolled up and I turned my face and said, Father, forgive me for this feeling I'm feeling right now because I have hate in my heart right now Mm. for this person. Help me 
forgive me for this hate and help me process this. I never was able to talk to that woman again and how she made me feel. But I dealt with my stuff in real, in the real world with the Lord behind closed doors. You know, I didn't lie. I wasn't a super Christian. I wasn't, you know, well, love my enemies. Praise the Lord. When I see her, I'm just going to like, oh, no, it was a real thing for me. Yeah. You know, so love my enemies. <laughs> Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for telling us that. Yes. So you're, you kind of touched on something already, which is there's the lies we tell other people and the lies we tell ourselves, right? Which are two, I mean, those could be two totally different yeah. <laughs> sessions. Yes. Um, so you talked a little bit about just now with lying, lying to yourself, telling yourself you're fine, saying that your marriage is fine. Um, motivations for that might be just the inability to face hard things, right? The fear of opening a can of worms, like, ugh, if I admit that there's deep trouble in my marriage, then what? You know, what if my partner doesn't want to get help? It's better to just gloss over things. So there's all kinds of reasons why we lie to ourselves. Yes. Um, what about motivations for lying to other people. So if you ask me if my marriage is fine and it isn't, but that's what I present to you, you know, that might be, I'm, I got an image to protect. Absolutely. Everybody thinks my marriage is awesome. Absolutely. I'm talking in hypotheticals here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, <laughs> we love our husbands. <laughs> um, and that also obviously can be really true in the church. We have this, I need people to think that I have like this wonderful godly marriage that doesn't, if I'm so concerned about what it looks like to other people that I can no longer allow myself to be real or vulnerable, then I'm kind of forced to perpetuate the lie to myself. Yes. Yes. I'm going to, uh, years ago, well, this was when I was, um, kind of doing uh, pre-marriage counseling with my husband and I got this advice that really messed me up, okay? This person looked at us and said, I've never argued with my wife before because I love her and I value her and um, I'm gonna protect her. My whole life growing up was a massive argument and fight. So here I am, young, getting ready to be married to someone, right? And our first argument literally destroyed me. I thought I was the worst Christian on earth mm. because I didn't process my feelings. And in my mind, this is what lies, was tell, the, the, the lie that he fed me um, created this story in my head that my husband was responsible for protecting me and he didn't because we got into an argument, we got into a fight. We, we disagreed on something. Yikes. And so that happened for years where I felt sick to my stomach. I believe this, this, um, this story that was sold to me by someone that was l legitimately living their own lie, okay? They just, they didn't argue because they didn't want to deal with stuff. <laughs> they didn't want to confront their monsters. Yeah. 
And so then they passed that down to me. Someone that was, I had just given my life to the Lord. I was young. I was still learning like what that looked like. And for me to get that advice from someone, which is a total lie, I adopted that lie. And it took years for me to figure out the truth. And the truth was, wait, you can have an incredible marriage and argue and have a disagreement, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And he's not bad for that. I'm not this bad Christian for it. Right. So. Oh, that's good. All right. What if we, let's, let's switch for a second. What if we lie to avoid hurting somebody's feelings? I know we all have done this. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, does that count? Yeah. I mean, w- w- okay. So at Authentic, Authentic You, we teach this, like uh, the boundaries class from Dr. Henry Cloud. And we say this, like you cannot control other people, how they feel once you set a boundary or how they feel once you share your feelings with them. That really isn't um, something that you need to worry about, right? They need to figure their stuff out. There is a balance there, right? Um, If I've got to confront you about something, um, I'm going to do it in love, And I'm going to try to soften the blow, but because I love you, but I'm not going to hold back what the truth is. So Renee, I felt like you, um, your tone was rude when we were having a conversation and I really felt uncomfortable and I want you to know that I love you and I know that you love me. Is there something going on? Mm hmm. Um, As opposed to going through the back door and trying to make sure that you're okay with what I'm telling you that I'm right that I'm, are you okay? That just, I just do not have um, relationships now in my life where I'm not able to be super honest and being super honest doesn't mean I'm going to tell you what is on my mind. Right. I'm going to tell you, no, if I love you, I'm going to share the thing that is in me in truth, but also knowing that I love you, that at the end of this, man, I want to be whole. I want to be unified with you, you know? If you choose to leave the relationship because you just didn't like how I approached you or whatever the case, or you're offended, then that's on you, right? right. That's something you have to deal with. There's something greater there than, than me telling you, hey, that hurt me. Or, I didn't like what you did or, you know, fix your face. <laughs> Fix your face. We've said that before. Yeah. Fix your face. You're going to want to adjust that. Adjust that. You're not lying to anybody right now with that face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I think sometimes, so we taught a class, um, The Emotionally Healthy Woman, and we used Jerry Scazzaro's book by that name. Good old Jerry. And she uses this example of, lying to avoid hurting somebody's feelings that we've all been there. She uses the example of, you know, I come in and I, I've gotten this haircut. It looks terrible. I know it looks terrible, but I go to my husband, like, do you like my haircut? Right. Of course he's going to say yes. Cause he loves me even if he hates it. Um, but she talks about how even something like that matters because yeah. He should be able to say to his wife, you know what? 
you always look beautiful to me. Yes. I have liked other haircuts on you better, but you're still a queen in my eyes, girl. Yeah. <laughs> but what I really loved is that she points out that the question itself, do you like my haircut, is a lie. Yeah. She already knows. She, already she don't look the good, answer, yep. Right? The real thing is, what she's really saying is, honey, I am feeling so insecure right now. I've made a huge mistake. Yes. Please make me feel better. Yes. Ass- reassure me that you love me. Yes. That my looks don't matter to you in this moment because it's going to be a minute till yeah. this grows out. <laughs> <laughs> that question is a huge setup. Yes. You're just setting him up or her up, who, you know, your spouse up, a friend. You're setting them up to fail. Right. That's not love. Right. Right. Well, and the other thing is, because it's coming from a dishonest place, even if he comes back and says, you look amazing, I love it. You don't believe him anyways. No, no. And then you'll, then we'll make a comment. Well, you have to say that. Yeah. Because you're my husband. And now he has to now dig himself out of a hole or now <laughs> lie right. two more times just to get you to feel better about the, the setup question that you provided. It's like, sis. <laughs> yes. Relax. Carmate. We have, I have three teenage daughters. Obviously their taste in fashion is way different than mine (laughs) at my age. Um, And I used to, you know, they'd be like, oh, mommy, do you like this outfit? Yeah. You know, then I started saying, no, I don't. Mm. So now we've gotten to a nice little balance (laughs) of like, (laughs) I don't for me, but it looks great on you. Yeah. Or that fits you really well, but I don't think it's right for the occasion. You know what I mean? So just no more of having to like worry about, oh, are my kids going to be mad at me if I tell them? Or are they going to think, oh, you're just some old mom trying to rain on my parade? Yeah. You know? So these little things do matter because of the trust that is is disrupted, even over something as silly as a haircut or an outfit. Yeah. Nobody wants to feel set up. No one wants to feel set up, especially in your close relationships. Yeah. Parents, your spouse, your kids. Um, also with children, we pass that stuff down to them. And so now that that thing just was leaked on to the other generation. And then if that's not dealt with, gets passed down to their kids. And right. the cycle never ends, you know. Ugh, lying. But going back to what you said about, you know, I tell the truth not in a way to be like. We know. can't. We can't see your face. Oh yeah, that's funny. It. She I'm, did a very I'm Italian. I'm very expressive. <laughs> Italian from New York. That's what she looked like. Um, we say this a lot in our classes. We don't use truth as a weapon. Yes. So there is telling the truth in love, and there's telling the truth to hurt somebody. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, the telling the truth um, or using the truth as a weapon, it's really manipulating the truth so it could benefit you. Mm. Um, We do that a lot. We do that a lot. And we sometimes don't see it don't see the bad fruit of that immediately. Um, but it, the first time your daughter looks at you and she lies to you 
and you're like, wow, that was so manipulative. And I have to stop and think, where did she get that from? Mm -hmm. Oh, because she's heard me tell white lies or soften up the truth. In my mind, I'm just softening up the off, softening the truth up so you don't hate me. Yikes! Uh, soften up the truth so we can still be in this relationship. But now I still have anxiety over the the one thing that I needed to talk to you about. But we're just not going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, lying. Just we could. Well, before we press uh, record on this, we said we could do two parts of this. Right. Um, I think we could do more than that. Yeah. You know, and maybe we will. I don't know. Yeah. We will wake up next month and say, part six. Oh, gosh. Lying. So how do we be? I think that um, we don't always recognize how we are lying to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. How do we get to that level of self-awareness? Is it as simple as, okay, Lord, show me if I have a lying problem. I, I need to see this. Asking people that we trust, you know, call me out. Yeah. How do we get, how do we become aware? I think we have to take the leap of um, I'm going all in, right? I have people in my life that I have said, you have full access. You can tell me if I'm doing this, if I'm lying, if I'm being passive aggressive, whatever, you have full access, right? I know that they have um, a good heart for me. They want the best for me, my kids, my marriage, right? So it's taking that leap and saying, I know that I am a sinner, that I am messy, being aware of that and then allowing people that love you to speak truth into your life. Mm -hmm. Right. But allowing them to have that access and not be offended and combative and always challenge everything they point out in you. (laughs) Right. Because I think our first thing, uh, you know, if I have to tell my kids something, a lot of times they're like, but uh, right. But I didn't, you know, the people in my life I've given full access to, Tell me, hey, you're being a real jerk, Stacey. <laughs> the way you spoke to your husband or the way you handled that situation, that that is not, that's not you. And you need to figure out why you're so angry. Right. I have to take that jump into the process and say, I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to listen to you. Yeah. Okay. Because I think uh, often we think we're the best. We're good. Right. There's that lie. There's that lie. <laughs> Because we think we know ourselves best. Let me tell you something. We said this last week. Ask your trusted people around you what they think of you. Trusted people, friends. Like, don't ask the neighbor that hates you. Right? <laughs> don't don't do that. Um, but ask trusted people. Hey, what? How do you? How do you define me? Tell me. How do I come off when I'm in conflict? Right. As a leader, how, how, how am I, how am I leading here? Right. And allowing them to speak truth because the truth, although it's very un- uncomfortable to hear scripture 
says that the truth will set you free. The truth is God, right? And if you are in this process of allowing people to speak into your life so you can be aware of the things that are inside of you that you cannot, that you don't see yourself, um, there is so, so much freedom when you can look at something for what it is. The reality is I, I'm a liar, right? I'm not saying I'm a liar. I'm just, <laughs> in, just speaking in general. Um, I have lied though. Let's just be honest there. Um, I'm a liar. I deal with this. I struggle with this. I need help. Father, I, I want your freedom. And freedom looks like I'm going to be uncomfortable for a while. Because someone telling me, hey, that wasn't cool. The leader you think you are, really, that's not who you are. So let's figure that out. Mm. That's not comfortable to hear. If my husband tells me, hey, I feel disrespected, right? The way the past couple of months, I feel like your tone with me feels um, like you you don't love me or you don't care about me or you, you, there's no respect there. I can easily, and I have said this um, in the beginning of my marriage, it was very much like, uh, well, that's not what I meant. Mm. Yeah, but that's how I made you feel and I'm, that's how I'm coming off. So I need to deal with that part of me and not lie to myself that that's not what I meant. Right. I'm good. I'm fine. Our marriage is fine. But now I'm making my husband feel like garbage. Mm. Disrespected. You know, this can go a hundred different ways, right. you know. So. There is another side of this whole lying to ourselves thing. Sometimes we are believing a lie as truth, right? So it's not just, okay, I don't want anybody in my business, so I'm going to say I'm okay. Or at some level, I'm like, oh, I don't want to deal with this, so I'm just going to go here. But talk a little bit about when we're believing a lie as truth. It's like operating in our life, right? And then how do we address that? Um, okay. Let me rewind for a second here. You said, I don't want to let people in. Mm -hmm. That is more common than we know, especially for people that grew up in families that don't deal with stuff or right. talk about stuff, right? I'll figure it out. It's not even that big of a deal. Right. So as a little girl, I'm being taught, hey, deal with your stuff. Keep it moving. We don't need to bother the people around us. We're stronger than that. Right. You can get over this. Let's go. Okay. So you are a little girl. I'm a little girl thinking I cannot deal with my emotions the way I feel uh, because it's too much for people around me. Mm -hmm. So then I grow up into to a, an adult woman that uses the excuse, I'm strong, I don't need people in my business, we can keep moving, okay? Um, it's, it is so common, and it is so common in the church. Um, little girl Stacy was lied to a lot by the people around her that they themselves didn't know how to tell the truth to mm. each other and to themselves, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. So the lie that you're believing there is that um, people don't care, really. Yeah. Um, they have their own issues. That you're a burden. Yes. 
And those are the lies. Those are the kinds of lies that, that I'm talking about. It's like, we don't even know that that's at the bottom of the behavior. Yeah. Um, I, I recall working through an issue where I just absolutely could not sit still in my house. If I was sitting on the couch <laughs> reading a book or watching TV and somebody walked in the room, my impulse is to stand up and start doing something. Yeah. And something productive, stand up, start straightening up, fix these pillows, whatever. Um, so much guilt. And I'm just like, my gosh, why can't I sit on the couch yeah. and watch something? Why am I not allowed to rest? And just digging and digging and digging, it became, you know, you go back to like your family of origin and this feeling of you have to validate your existence. Mm -hmm. You have to be useful. You're not allowed to just be. Yeah. Wow. That was such a huge lie. Yes. Operating for decades in my life, in the life of my siblings. Um, and I'm sure at some level within my parents as well, this idea that you're not allowed to rest. You must always be producing something of value mm -hmm. to the people around you, even if it's killing you. Yeah. It's very performy. Oh, why'd you have to say that? <laughs> It's performing. Yeah. And, you know. But it doesn't feel like performance. It, does it not. feels like life or death. Yep. It feels like no one's going to value me unless I'm doing something that benefits them. Yeah. At all times. And that's not on them saying, I have a crappy family. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, that's that's on me. And the, then what happens is I, I duplicate this in my kids' I set an expectation. Mm -hmm. Suddenly it is like, well, mom, what are you doing? Why, why can't you do this for me right now? Yeah. Well, I trained them to think that way. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Thank you for sharing that. Cause that, that's super personal. I know, I know for you, that's super, that's super <laughs> like personal. Rewind. But <laughs> no, we're not editing this. Um, those are real moments that we want to share with you guys that are listening you know, come into our marriage, come into our living room, come into our parenting, come into our mind, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know? Um, I remember when you, you actually shared that with me when you had that revelation of like, what the heck? <laughs> this is wrong. This right. is just wrong. I've been operating wrong. I, I do want to briefly touch on the word rest, mm -hmm. right? Um, because this is something that the church struggles with, Right. Um, that we have to be doing for God instead of being with God. Mm. And um, that is a lie that a lot of us believe that we have to perform and do for God or he won't see us right? or be proud of us or we won't fulfill our call, air quotes, right? Mm -hmm. The thing that he has for us if we're, if we're resting, right? There is a difference between laziness and, and, and rest, sure. right? There, there is. Um, we're not talking about the, the laziness. We're talking about the lie we believe that sitting down and taking a moment, taking many moments and regrouping and taking a breath and figuring out what it looks like for the rest of my evening without having to do anything, you know, maybe enjoy my kids. Maybe watch a movie and leave the dishes in the dead on sink. Mm -hmm. You know, laughing with my husband. 
Like we miss out on all these things because we are just doing all the time. And it's such a lie. And I believe that for, for a really long time because I'm naturally like I'm built from a little girl to keep going. Right. Yes. And that's dangerous because, um, this it's dangerous because I remember my daughter said to a friend a couple years ago, um, yeah, my mom never sits down. Ooh. And I was like, oh man, I don't. And now I'm exhausted at the end of the day. I'm mad that I'm exhausted. I'm mad that the people around me made me exhausted. <laughs> I'm mad that the dishes aren't done. I'm mad that someone didn't get something done the way I wanted it. And now I'm just a big ball of mad. When in reality, all I needed was to sit down and take a moment and rest and breathe and not need to figure out all the things yeah. and stop performing for everyone in my life. Right. Right. Sometimes, um, especially as mothers. So I'll talk on the mom from, from a mother's perspective we think we always have to be going, going, going with our children, take care of all their needs and uh, make sure they're, they're happy and they're good and they're fed and they're no, sometimes it's, Hey, let's just sit down and do nothing. Let's do nothing and enjoy each other. And that is okay. That is okay. And we have to be okay with not getting everything done. That was a huge struggle for me um, years ago, I learned, and I still, <laughs> eh, I still deal with this little monster, um, that I got to get everything done, that I don't have time to rest. I don't have time for fun. Gosh, I don't have time to do that fun thing with my friend or my husband or my kids. And it, it's, it's a lie and it, it really does eat at my future with my family, you know? Right. And, and again, I think, when we find ourselves caught in that swirl, we have to ask ourselves, and you know, we've, we've had this, these, conversations, these conversations before, what is the lie I'm believing? If I don't get everything done, I'm not a good mother. Yeah. If I don't say yes to my child, they will think that I don't love them. You know, uh, it could go on and on, but taking the time to say, what's really going on here? Yeah. You know? Again, it's that, okay, I'm, I'm open for exposure. And then being able to be brave and step out in truth. Yeah. You know? The, the root is not that the dishes weren't done or, you know, your husband got you mad or your, or, or your girlfriend or whatever. There's a root there that you need to figure out, you know? Oh, yeah. That is, that is what we are praying that is the kind of exposure. I think it's easy to say, oh my gosh, my family just drives me nuts. Well, no. You don't know how to just be. And so now everyone else, in your mind, you're lying to yourself, everyone else is the problem. When in reality, you have the issue. You have something so deeply rooted inside of you that you haven't dealt with. And it really needs to be uprooted in order for you to see that at the end of the day, it wasn't about the dishes. It wasn't about your husband. It wasn't about your kids. It really was about the thing that was within us. 
Right. A huge tip off is if you see on this particular issue that we're talking about, when you see somebody else taking rest or doing things that they enjoy and not feeling bad about it, and you're upset by that, you feel like this uh, resentment start to simmer up. That's a you problem. Yes. That's a you problem. That's a you problem and a judgment problem. Mm. Oh, gosh. I know we're going to have many sessions on judgments. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> it is. That's, that's just, we'll briefly say that. Like that's, that's a judgment issue. Let's talk a minute about lies of omission. Okay. <laughs> um, the things we don't say that we ought to be saying. Our silence can be a lie. <laughs> right. I really am going to learn how to use these buttons. <laughs> She's got a, what is that called? A chaos pad? I think that's I what suppose. it's called. Whatever. It's got like 30 <laughs> buttons on it. She's still learning how to yeah. push them. Silence as a lie. So I'll go ahead and be transparent again. I guess this is the day I'm doing this. Do it, girl. In the sermon on Sunday, it kind of hit me. It Not kind of. It did. It's like a big anvil on the head cartoon style. A lot of times there are, I've mentioned I've got three daughters. Mm -hmm. One of them is, my youngest is 17. And I have this feeling of like, oh, it's my last year with her before she goes off to college. And I felt like when, when you, during the quit lying series or sermon, it kind of hit me how I'm using the excuse that she's leaving and I want to enjoy this last year with her at home to maybe take a step back from some of my responsibilities and still parenting her. Mm. So if there's behavior that needs to be addressed, I'm silent about it because I don't want there to be friction. I yeah. want to enjoy this time. Yeah. And that hit me Sunday. I'm sitting there. And I was like, oh, I'm lying because what I'm, if I don't address something that needs addressing and I'm silent about it. What I'm saying is, you're fine. That, that behavior is acceptable. Yeah. You know, um, it's dishonest. It's setting her up for failure. It's um, points to my, I do not like conflict. Mm -hmm. I'll just go ahead and be clear. I know there's some people that really love it. I'm not one of them. Um, Struggling with, I want my kids to like me all the time, yeah. you know? So I don't want to have to point out things that can be somebody else's problem later. It's very unfair. I don't actually think that can be somebody else's problem later, but that is what I'm putting into yeah. motion. Yeah. So omission as a lie. It's not, you know, again, it's going back to like, what what is preventing me from speaking the truth right now? Yeah. Well, one of the things preventing you from speaking the truth in that moment, because, I mean, you were vulnerable here. Let's just look at that for a sec. Um, is the feeling you will have, the lump in your throat and the nausea you will feel if you have to address something. Because the root of that is you don't like conflict, mm -hmm. right? No one likes conflict, okay? Most people are like, 
I think some people would say, but you're fine, Stacey, you know, in conflict. No, I hate it. But I know there's freedom when done properly. Right. Not guns a blazing, hands up. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the lie is that if I do this, if I um, set a boundary with my kid or if I d- discipline them, if I say, actually, that's going to be no, you don't get to, you don't get the privilege of doing that whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that now my child will hate me forever. Right. Or now my child will, um, it's, it's gonna rock the boat so much that I can't take it. When in reality, we're talking about parenting as the example here, so let's go with down that road. We are called to shepherd our kids and sometimes the shepherd has to swat the, the sheep, <laughs> even though it, it hurts. Um, because at the end of this, at the end of our parenting uh, journey when they're younger, right, um, we're responsible for the things that we teach them, right? Um, we're responsible for speaking the hard truths. And it's not about us and how we feel. It's about the person that they're going to be and grow into. And we only have a certain amount of time with them. So if we're trying to, you know, my feelings or I feel sick to my stomach, I don't want to rock the boat. um, That does a lot of damage to our children in the future. Right. Mm. Um, And I personally have seen you totally go all in like, no, I'm done. Expose me, Lord. Like, I don't I don't care how this makes me feel, which you do. Like you'll call me and you're like, I hate this. And I'm like, keep going, you know, sit in that tension. Right. Sitting it long enough. They're going to be okay. Yeah. You know? Um, So thank you for sharing that. Cause I know (laughs) you're a little sweaty there. (laughs) A little sweaty Renee. Um, I pulled this quote from Jerry Scazzaro's book and it, it goes along with this. She She writes, author Sandra Wilson wrote, and she's quoting here, the truth sets us free, but first it makes us miserable. (laughs) Um, In relationships built on half-truths or untruths, the truth may actually be the beginning of the end. Once we start being truthful, it may make or break some of our relationships. (laughs) Um, So in the parenting part, (laughs) at first it makes us miserable. Indeed. Um, but I wanted to ask you, have you experienced this, you know, this idea of relationships breaking down either temporarily or permanently even um, as you've resolved to be absolutely truthful? Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there, um, specifically with some of the people that I, I grew up with in my family, right? Um, I decided that I was no longer going to be held hostage to the things that they did to me when I was younger, right? Mm -hmm. I needed to let that go. And in order for me to do that, I needed to address some things that that were inside of me that I'm like, I just, I want to talk this out. And I had to talk to two people specifically that were close in my family. Um, One did not take it well and kind of, took a seat and then the other one leaned in. Mm -hmm. Um, The 
person that took a seat was not ready to hear some of the things out loud. And she was more comfortable living in the lie that everything was fine. And once I knocked at that door and said, actually it wasn't, and it actually caused me some pain, um, she was not ready to hear that, right? The person that was ready, um, I am so close to. Mm. I'm able to say, oh, I didn't like that. And he's able to say, you know what, I'm sorry. Or, hey, Stacy, I didn't like that. You know what, I'm so sorry. Yeah. You know, um, I, I had to be okay with the person that took a seat. I had to be okay with them potentially never getting up from that seat. And I had to be okay with that by asking the Lord to really help me with bitterness. Um, for a while there, I had to actively say out loud, I forgive her. I forgive her. She didn't have it to give me. So I forgive her. I release her. Mm. Right. Um, and that relationship, and I'm kind of going through the back door on this just because I want to be respectful to these two relations, sure. these two people right, you know, right now in this moment. Um, but I have seen a change in me in the relationship that I have with her. I have seen where she's quicker to listen um, as opposed to correct and condemn, mm -hmm. you know? So me sharing the truth, even though it was very uncomfortable and I hated it. Um, I cried for a really long time when I had to address these people. Um, I hated it, but I have seen years later, some really good fruit. It's not a watermelon, but it's a little lemon. <laughs> it's a little good lemon that I'm, um, I'm sucking on. Um, but yeah, it has affected. Now, I have seen um, my marriage be affected by this in a really good way. Mm. You know, um, I like I'm the oldest one, so I take care of things. I get stuff done, and so I try to get stuff done. <laughs> try to get stuff done, and it wasn't until recently where I had to like sit down in love and not anger because back in the day I would share my feelings with my husband in anger. I was ticked off. I was exhausted. I was uh, all these things and it just never produced anything <laughs> worth <laughs> even uh, putting attention to. Um, but I have, I am actively working and I think till the day I die actively working on sharing things with my husband and because I do it in a way that is full of grace and love and from a truthful space. I'm not lying to myself and I'm not trying to manipulate him into getting the answer that I want. Um, I'm seeing, even in our communication, our relationship, we're getting closer and closer and closer. Um, 20 years later, we're so close as far as um, telling the truth to each other. Mm -hmm. Less offense. You know, I used to be all types of mad when he would <laughs> tell me something, you know? Now it's just like, okay, I know that you love me. And this is a truth that um, that I need to hold on to because I know you love me and there's something greater here. Um, 
Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So another thing that Jerry says in this book is when you quit lying, you ignite your spirituality. And you touched obviously a little bit on this in the beginning of this talking about, you know, if God is truth. Then how can we profess to be his? And yet we're speaking lies, producing silent lies, <laughs> you know, um, living as liars in many ways. So, when you mentioned consequences, obviously there's a spiritual consequence yeah. to lying. Yeah. Um, what, you want to go into that a little bit? Yeah. Um, and by a little bit, I mean like for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, the consequence there is we really cannot hear clearly from the Lord. Mm. It's difficult to hear from the Lord because the Lord is truth. And if we're just all about lies, then we cannot hear the truth. And so it, it, it when we live in this, um, in deceit, when we live in this bubble of, um, just a big bubble of lies, we cannot hear the Lord. And I've experienced that myself. And then I'm mad because he doesn't speak to me or I don't feel him, or I don't hear him. The fact is, is that he's been calling me to tell the truth and to reveal, allow him to reveal the things inside of me that were, that were my closest friends that needed to exit. Um, there was a season, <laughs> there's a season of life where I was super upset with the Lord because I felt like, he was a little mean to me. And it wasn't until years later that I realized he was just trying to show me truth about myself. Mm. Um, but I was like living in a fence and I was just really ticked off and mad at him. And it was easier for me to be mad at God than to address what's inside of me. Because it felt good to be mad at God. It felt good. Yeah. Um, it didn't feel good to say, well, maybe I'm the problem, you know? So, um, yeah, that was an intense season for me. Um, there was a lot of blaming, and we're going to talk about that, I think, next week. It's a lot of blaming God for um, why things weren't happening the way I wanted them to happen, why he wasn't speaking to me, why I wasn't feeling him in moments of deep prayer. I would go into my prayer closet and legitimately act like had a prayer closet, mm -hmm. go into a prayer closet, put worship music on. And I would try to get closer with the Lord. And he's like, I'm here, but you, there's so much um, lies that you are telling yourself about yourself. I am truth and I'm trying to speak truth over you, but the truth cannot be be met with your lies. If you can just face your stuff, if you could release it to me. If you can tell yourself, I'm not a perfect Christian. Mm -hmm. I'm not that really great mother. I am not that perfect wife. If you can live in that and allow me 
to do the work I need to do inside of you. Oh my God, you're going to hear from me, honey. But I just, I couldn't. So let me see if I'm kind of understanding this. You're not saying God is silent. You're saying that when we come to him with something, but we've got all these lies operating. Yes. He wants to deal with the lies first. We'll get to what you want to talk about. Absolutely. We got to talk about this stuff first. Yeah. No, God is, God wants to talk to us. He wants to be in communication with us. He's a good father. Right. Right. Sometimes we don't see him as a good father because our earthly father was kind of crappy. Right. (laughs) And so we, we put the two fathers together and we just don't, we can't really understand good Mm. father. Right. Um, No, he wants to speak to his children. He wants to have um, a relationship. He wants to have open communication. Um, But we can't lie. We have to face the truth. We have to face, and I talked about this um, on Sunday, we have to face the truth of who we are. Like for years I lived in this, I'm good. Like I am, I'm a good wife and my husband isn't, is the bad one. Right. Once I said, Lord, is there something inside of me that I'm believing about myself that is not true? Once I said that, he was like, yes, can I show it to you? Mm -hmm. And it was, I had all these, let's, we're going there. Okay. Okay. I had all these expectations of what a man should be. I had all these expectations on what my husband should be. um, And he wasn't meeting them, air quotes. And it wasn't because of him. It was because of me. There were things inside of me that needed to be dealt with. I needed to deal with that little girl that was needing attention and didn't get it. And so now I grew up to be a woman, um, a married woman, and needed my husband to give me this attention. And he didn't even know that he was on the hook for that. Right. You know? And so there, once I opened up myself to being exposed for the liar I was, I don't like that sentence. <laughs> I, I would be worried if you did. <laughs> I don't like that sentence for the liar I was. Once I exposed myself for the liar that I was, I was able to see and hear God in such a beautiful way. And it wasn't condemning. It wasn't, took you long enough. Right. What are you, 40 something? My God, I've been (laughs) knocking at the door for 25 years. You know, it wasn't like that. It was, oh, I've, I've always been here. I, I, hi. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to talk to you. I want to have um, communion with you. I want to be with you. But I cannot, God cannot sit in lies. Right. He, he cannot. He cannot. And he will not. Right. He will not sit in a pile of lies. We have to give that to him. And he will take that and cast that as far as the east is from the west. Yeah. Right answer your question yeah when i remember a when i started saying okay lord show me where i'm lying you know um and i remember one time i was heading from my house over to our hq our offices and i was running late as i tend to be (laughs) and i was still in my kitchen but walking towards the garage And I sent you a text that said, 
just left. And I'm, it's a three minute drive. It's very, very close. But I was immediately, I just felt like this. Oh, there it is. Just, I wanted to reassure you that I was going to be there soon. But really, I wanted to cover my tracks and cover my own poor time management. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it seems so dumb. But to me, that shows how much the Lord cares about this integrity. It's not that he's beating me over the head about, no. why did you lie about this stupid thing? No. You know, it's like, no, no, even this little thing, you don't need that. Yeah. You don't need that. Yeah. Just, you know, so the next time I left under the exact same circumstances, <laughs> I waited till I was actually driving till I sent the text and said on my way. Um, and that's not, again, that's not God being picky. Mm-mm. Just he is holy and we are not, Yes, <laughs> but we are called to live holy. So he will point out those little things. And I'll tell you what, I would rather be dealing with it on the level of the timing of my text being absolutely truthful. Yes. Then I got major lies operating in my marriage and it's falling apart. Yes. But I couldn't listen to the little yes. nudge about the texting. Yep. You know? Yikes. Yes. That is, um, that's a really good uh, point. When we operate from, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. It's just a little, I'm just using sure. the text as an example. It's not a big deal. It's just a little text. It literally is three minutes away. I mean, technically I am because I'm walking, right? Um, <laughs> I love to rationalize. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> those little things, um, those little seeds, they grow into big trees one day. Yeah. And so I think, we can be good in the moment, like it's no big deal. But the more no big deals we have in our life, the greater the risk um, of our relationship that our relationships will have in the future. We will struggle in our relationships mm-hmm. if we can say no big deal. I'm on my way, and we've rationalized that. Like it's really not a big deal, right? Um, what is to say when you have an issue in your marriage and? Um, Lying, okay, let's let's rewind real quick. Um, we see in adultery, like marriage is falling apart, adultery, um, the, a lot of the root is lying. Yeah. You know, they're deceived. Um, they've, to- they've told themselves stories. They've lied to themselves. They've, li- they've, they've said these little lies um, that were no big deal in that moment, but put them all together, it really messes with our integrity. Yeah. Right. Yes, because we built. It's the little stupid lie. Little. We're we're building up a tolerance. It's like yeah. the story of building up the tolerance to poison. Yeah. Right. The thing is, the Lord will never have a tolerance for it. No. So there, that gap is created, yeah. and it just gets wider and wider. Yeah. Um, it's pretty scary stuff, really. Yeah. Because we can slip into it in such little. Seemingly in significant ways. I um, used to, if I couldn't do something, didn't want to do something. So I wanted to decline an invitation or whatever. I was always giving the excuses why I couldn't do something. Half of the time it was made up. <laughs> you know, uh, or it didn't really involve me. Oh, we got something big going on. I didn't have anything going on. Just one of my kids did. I'm going to piggyback on that. Yeah. Because I didn't want to say, I don't feel like it 
or it sounded lame to say, I'm just not up for it or I'm just tired. I have learned to just say, I'm not going to be able to. Yeah, that's it. We talk too much. We talk. We talk too much. Way too much. <laughs> um, there's nothing wrong with saying or feeling like I, you don't want to do something. Right. It goes all kinds of crazy when it's like, all right, let me figure this out. Uh, my daughter has a recital, so I can use that as an excuse to why I don't want to go. Although it's at nine o'clock, I can, in my mind, I can rationalize why I got to prepare and I've got to take time. And no, I don't want to go and I don't have to be rude about it. I just, I'm not going to be able to make it tonight, Renee. Yeah. That's it. Now, if you're the person that's like, but why? You got problems. Don't ask me, but why? Yeah. <laughs> don't that don't ask me. will that's remain <laughs> unanswered. It'll have Because I'm going to hold on to my integrity. <laughs> yes. Or uh, that has happened to me before where someone's like, oh, but why? And I have had to say the hard truth. It's just something that I'm not going to be able to attend today. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people in my life that are but wise. Yeah. Stop. Please. <laughs> Just let my no be Just no. accept my no, period. <laughs> Punta. <laughs> oh, my gosh. If you don't know, I am Puerto Rican, so I'll say stuff like basura. If you don't know yet, you will know very soon. Okay. On Sunday, you used the example um, from the book of Acts, the story of Ananias and Sapphira, which is a really extreme example <laughs> of lying for a very dumb reason and receiving like an ultimate consequence. And at first, when you busted that story out, I was like, oh, that's the example you want to use? People are going to be, again, we're a church plant. People are going to be, not again, people running for the doors. Well, because Ananias and Sapphira, because they, because they lied, yeah. they died. <laughs> Talk Li- about consequences. Literally died. Um, so do you want to give like just a little rundown of that? <laughs> Why did you go there? Um, And what can we learn from that? Because most of us are not going to receive quite the consequence they did. Yet we can't dismiss the story. No, (laughs) I think it's a great um, story to tell when we're talking about lying because of the severity of lying. Mm -hmm. We needed to see how severe lying is, right? Um, Ananias and Sapphira, they basically were a part of the early church and they were part of a community that took care of each other. So they would, um, you know, they were very generous with each other and they sold a piece of property to give to the community, right? Another air quotes here, Mm -hmm. right? To give uh, to the community. um, And they did it publicly, right? To make themselves look like, look, I'm generous. Look, I'm giving to the church. Look, 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 right? Um, but what happened was they did not give 100% of the profit to the church, to the community, like they said they were going to. They actually kept some for themselves. So very sneaky. And the issue wasn't that they kept some. No. The issue was they said they didn't keep any. Yes. That, that, the, that the was lie. the lie. Because it's still yeah. just as, I mean, if they had given 90% or even 50%, that's still... Darn generous. Absolutely. And even the community leader then said, it's it's not about the yeah. money. 
This is in Acts chapter five, by the way. Yes, Acts uh, five. I think it's one to eleven, something like something that. Something like that. They come in and they come out real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Nice as a fair commit, and they Dramatic come. Dramatic flair. It was. Um, so it wasn't about. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't about that. It was. They wanted to be known and seen as some someone that they weren't. Mm-hmm. They they were not these people that they portrayed. Right. Right. Um, it was the lying that literally scripture says that they died like they were. They just fell to their death. Um, and I use that example because lying is intense and it's extreme. And I did say many of us are not going to have a physical death, right? I don't know. We might, you might drop dead of a heart attack because of Mm. something, whatever, but, um, they had a physical consequence, but we talked about this earlier, a spiritual consequence. Uh, we'll have consequences in our relationships. Like our relationships will suffer if we're, we're liars, right? Right. Um, when I say relationships, like I'm talking about the relationships in our home, our parents, um, our relationship with the Lord struggles. Mm -hmm. And we already talked about that. Right. You know, so. And, um, you talk about their, their motivation. And if you go back, um, to the end of chapter four of acts, it talks about how Barnabas from Cyprus came to this church and gave this massive gift, had sold something, yep. gave all the money. And then chapter five starts. So then Ananias and Sapphira also brought something. Yeah. So um, John Bevere <laughs> writes about this in his book, The Awe of God, which is absolutely an amazing book. Highly recommend. We'll talk about it another time. Yes. But he makes this point that we can kind of... You can put these two together. You know, these chapter separations are artificial. It's not, wasn't in the original. Yeah. So we can go ahead and comf- put these two things together that they were motivated by the gift that Barnabas brought. Yeah. Maybe they were the top givers mm-hmm. in the community until he showed up. This outsider showed up and showed off yep. as far as they were concerned. So this kind of creepy um, spirit of comparison leaks into the situation and now I got to make sure I look at least as good as this guy. Yeah. Right. Or if I used to be the top dog, now I'm not, I got to, I got to get back up there. I got to project this image and it's so sad. And yet we easily can fall into that, especially in this age of social media. And let me, let me put my beautiful, perfect Instagram worthy family out there. Meantime, we're, choking each other to death at home. But um, this, I was looking in the, at the notes in the NIV study Bible about this, and this is the saddest sentence. It's talking about the Ananias and Sapphira, what they did, how they lied. They dropped dead afterwards um, for lying to the Holy Spirit. And the study Bible note said that this is the first recorded sin in the life of the church. Imagine that being attached to your name. You know, there's there's stories of people that come in and out of scripture, their one-time <laughs> appearance. And, but it's a beautiful example for the church. Yeah. And just the weight of impact, you know, the first recorded sin in the life of the church, man, that is a sad epitaph. Ananias and Sapphira, 
we're not growing in a heart of generosity. They were growing in wanting a position and to be seen. As daughters and sons of, of, of God, our goal should be to make him seen. Yeah. And we take a seat. We got a lot of people that want to be known. We've got a lot of people that want um, to be seen. They want the attention. And we talked about this before the podcast, um, specifically in, in the church. And we've got people that rather have a position than a heart that submits to the Lord, mm. you know? Um, and that's, that's uncomfortable. That's sad. I've seen that in the church, um, where it's, I want the position more than I want positioning myself at the foot of the cross. Right. Um, our position only lasts for a little bit, but positioning ourselves at his feet, that's where we can see some beautiful things happen. Right. You know, um, and unfortunately, Ananias and Sapphira will forever be known as these people. Right. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> One thing that I think is so interesting in that story is Ananias goes first and tells Peter, yep, this is all the money. He drops dead. And then she shows up later. <laughs> and she tells, the, yeah, yeah. This is this is this is what we got, you know, and and then she suffers the same fate. There's no way either one of them thought it was a possibility that they were risking their lives, certainly, or that they were even going to be found out. Who would know? Who would know? Right. So, side note: that not aware of how the Holy Spirit works, but what that indicates to me, you were we were talking about how say in our parenting or within our home, we can set up these patterns of lying. It becomes an accepted practice within our family. It gets passed on and on. This was not some big scheme between the two of them. Mm -mm. Now, if they ask you, mm -mm. I mean, maybe they agree to that. If they ask, you know, we're saying we gave the whole thing. They're not going to know whatever. There was no sense of consequence. Mm -hmm. There was no like, this could go this way. So, it was, it, it feels very, when you read about Sapphira coming in, it feels very almost natural. Oh, yeah, this is what it is. There's no indication that she was nervous. She didn't know what the consequence was. So just this idea of how easily lying can pervade into our family and it becomes part of how we operate. Yeah. Kind of in a thoughtless, meaning like we're not really putting thought into it. It just becomes part of what yes. we do. That is so scary. Mm -hmm. That is so scary. Um, that is why I actively, currently, <laughs> ask the Lord, please show me the thing I don't see. Because it's that thing that can take me out. If I, if, if I lie about it, that it doesn't exist. If I lie long enough, oh, that thing doesn't exist inside of me. Um, maybe it'll just go away. It doesn't. Right. It doesn't. And so, you know, I want to encourage, let me just, 
me encourage you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that the Lord wants to set you free, Mm -hmm. that he's for you. There's no condemnation, right? With the Lord. He wants to set us free. Mm -hmm. He does. So take the step forward to living in truth. Ask the hard questions to people that love you, right? That have integrity, good integrity, have godly character, right? Ask the questions and pray the prayers like, Father, search me. And if there's anything inside of me. Yeah. And I mean anything, Lord, that is keeping me away from having a deeper relationship with you or a deeper revelation to what this whole thing's supposed to look like, right? Mm. If there's anything that is inside of me, Father, I want you to expose it. And you know what I've been praying? Um, I've been asking the Lord uh, as of recent, Father, I want you to reveal these things inside of me, whatever it is, and I ask that you show me grace. Yeah. And he will. But I say it out loud. I say, show me grace that you do it in a gentle way, knowing he he will do it um, because I'm being open, because I'm being transparent with him. The more I'm not transparent with him, the, the, the higher the chances are I walk into a room and drop dead like Ananias <laughs> and Sapphira. Right. Hey, there is a reality no. there. Yeah. So. Let's kind of. You said this on Sunday. You said Jesus came to set us free, but it is often our own choices that lead us back into captivity. And lying is a great example of that. Most of us, when we think of, we came to the Lord, we think of like the big things that we became free of. Yeah. Right. And we can't imagine we would walk back into those things, you know, if that's our story. And yet we can inch our way back, right back into prison. Yeah. With these with these lies. Yeah. Um, I opened up with Galatians 5. I have my notes here. Galatians 5, 1. And it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand mm-hmm. firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Um, and the word again, it's important because like you said, we put ourselves right back into that slave-like position when um, when we don't stand firm in the freedom that Jesus has given us freely, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Um, You know, we're no longer slaves to sin. But if we do not become aware and we do not quit the things that harm us, they are going to take us out. Right. They are. They're going to take us out. Um, the The things that we do not address now will grow into something that will harm us later. And it's not only us, it'll harm our children, our friends, our family, the people around us that love us. Because when we sin, we just think it's just me. Like I'm the one that's going to suffer the consequences. No, sin is so, it has a great impact and it impacts the people around you. So um, yeah, I, I, I opened up the sermon in Galatians and if you don't hear anything else from this podcast, this is the verse I'm going to tell you to write down, Mm. put it on a sticky note, 
put it in your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, put it in your car, on your mirror, whatever it is, milk jug, coffee, cup. And it's the Galatians 5.1. Because we need to be reminded that Christ has set us free from all this stuff that we're talking about. All the things we're going to talk about, the lying, the blaming, the, mm-hmm. you know, toxic relationships, boundaries, boundaryless marriage, adultery, all this stuff. Christ has came to set us free from that. So if you don't hear anything else, hear that, that there is so much hope. Yes. That's a big word, H-O-P-E. <laughs> there is hope. And I'm saying this because um, <laughs> this podcast can feel like elephant on your chest like good lord ladies relax you know (laughs) oh but there is so much freedom in christ there is such there is a new level and a deeper relationship we can have with him when we stop lying to ourselves, right lying to others lying to him and a lot of us even those that have known the Lord for a really long time. There is a new depth that we can experience with the Lord. We just need to remember that he is good and that he's for us, you know? Yeah. I need to say that. Right. So whether you know the Lord or not, this is going to be about Jesus. Amen. (laughs) All right. We love you guys. This was heavy, no? A little bit. A little bit. I need a rest. I do need, I need water. (laughs) We love you guys. We're going to be praying for you. We're going to pray right after this. This is session, (laughs) our first session. Quit lying. Quit lying. Love you guys. Bye.